Hi guys, thanks for listening to another holiday special episode of the of the series. Uh, hopefully, you guys are doing quite well. I know that we are around the corner with the holiday spirit, but uh, there is a particular film, uh, no matter what, day in day out, every year that it keeps popping up, and it's literally, and I love this thing because it's literally a faction. Uh, for us filmmakers to keep uh, nitpicking about it. But even so, this one it literally takes the cake of how its original story is. And it's like literally different comparing to many things else. So the film, and this is a classic by the way. This is called It's a Wonderful Life. This wonderful 1964, uh, 64, yeah, this 1946 Christmas drama fantasy, uh, directed and produced by Frank Coppola, uh, which is basically a short story of, of the base booklet of The Greatest Gift, uh, which, uh, Philip Van Dorstein self-published back in 43, which is three years later. And it was kind of loosely based off of the Charles Dickens novella of A Christmas Carol in 1843. The stars of this particular film is James Stewart. Yes, that wonderful person who has been in Hitchcock and has been in many names. Even Mr. Smith that goes to Washington is that particular person. Uh, he portrays the main character, George Bailey, a man who has given up on personal dreams in order to help others, to help his community, and thought of unalliving on Christmas Eve, brought into intervention by none other than Clarence Old Body, which was the uh, which was the character. Who portrayed by uh, Henry Traver, uh, basically it is uh, George's guardian angel. Now Clarence shows George all the lives he's touched and what the world would be like if he never existed. Now keep in mind, this is based off the story, the short story. The Greatest Gift, which is basically a person's one dream if he hasn't lived. Not only that, this was literally a uh, Christmas story, Christmas Carol kind of deal, because this is literally how if someone sees it in a different light. Of course, this wonderful Academy Award uh, nominee film was nominated in Best Picture. Uh, It was also recognized in the F. AFI, or the American Film Institute, as one of the best 100 American films ever been made, and it made uh, number 11 on that list in the 1983, uh, 1998 greatest movie reel, and then it goes to uh, number 20 for the greatest film on the list in 2007. But it's always been number one at the most inspirational American film of all time. Uh, 
So, here's my take and the whole thing, and luckily I had some notes on this one, so. So, on the eve of Christmas Eve, or at least on Christmas Eve of 1945, we're here here at Bedford Falls uh, in uh, New York. Uh, we have George Bailey praying over a bridge. Now, this is a sign for everyone to understand that this was a thought. A thought. Not a natural thing. That uh, George Bailey is counting of unaliving. And ironically, the <laughs> the whole uh, the whole thing for George is being overseen by two angels, and one of those angels being Clarence, his guardian angel. So Clarence has been shown a lot of flashback in George's life, which we saw him being a 12-year-old boy rescuing his younger brother Harry from drowning, but becoming deaf in his left ear later. He then helps prevent a unaliving by a pharmacist over the strut of his passing of his son by almost accidentally putting poison uh, in the prescription, not the actual medicine for his patient. In 1928, George has planned to do a world tour before college, but that is before he met and got reinduced by Mary Hatchett, who has been a childhood friend since ever. When his father passed away suddenly, George postponed his travels and settled the family business, which is the Bailey Brothers Building and Loans, which is basically a bank. The Everest board uh, member, Henry F. Potter, who controls most of the town, seeks to dissolve it, but the board vote to keep the building and loans open if George can run it. Joran acquires and works alongside his uncle, his uncle Billy, and gives his tuition to Hen- Henry, with the understanding that Henry will run the business when he graduates. Henry does return from college married and with a job offer from his father-in-law, and George resigned himself to run the buildings alone, giving George a uh, not a way out, but a way to keep on staying where he is. Now, luckily for him, he and Mary actually rekindled an old relationship and got married. So they witnessed a run to the bank, uh, and they had to use their, mar- uh, their honeymoon savings to keep the ba- the building uh, solvent. Under George's leadership, the company established Bailey Park which is a modern housing development surpassing Potter's overpriced slum. Potter enticed George with a job offer of $20,000 a year, but realizing that it's Potter's true intention to keep that building closed, so George rebuffed the offer. Now, during the time of World War II, George was ineligible for service because of his deaf left ear, but is active for domestic war efforts. On Christmas Eve of 1945, 
The town prepares a hero's welcome to Henry, who has been awarded the Medal of Honor for the actions as a Navy fighter pilot performing a kamikaze attack on the paratrooper transport. Billy goes to Potter's bank to deposit $8,000 of the bank in lo- of the building loan and loan cash. He taunted Potter with a paper headline about Henry, Harry, but absentmindedly wrapped the envelope of cash in Potter's newspaper. Potter finds the money and keeps it, uh, but Uncle Billy cannot recall where he misplaced it. With a bank examiner review on the company's records, George realized scandal and crime charges will follow. Fruitlessly retracing Billy's steps, George berates him and takes out his frustration on Mary and the kids. George appeals to Potter for a loan, offering his life insurance policy as collateral. Potter chastised George on refusing to help and phoned the police. George fled Potter's office, getting drunk at a bar and praying for help. On arriving near a nearby bridge, however, uh, during this time, his guardian angel has seen all these acts have happened so much that he has no choice but to intervene. And this is where Clarence jumps in the, ironically, cold <laughs> cold pool, if you will. Uh, he jumps into the river, which gives George him some time to save him. Now, this is where George goes and did something that no one assumed that was going to happen. He actually wished himself to be unalive, that he would never been born. So Clarence decides to show George a huge gap, a huge thing that if, you know, George ever did in his whole life, been a race, never existed. Like, he never existed. So, Clarence shows George a whole new time where he never existed, that never happened. So, Bradford Falls was literally renamed as Potter's Pottersville, an unsavory town occupied by the sleaziest entertainment value, crime, and callous people. Now, Mr. Gower was in prison for manslaughter because George wasn't able to stop him from the prescription that was, you know, unaliving people. George doesn't. George's mother doesn't even know him, and Uncle Billy was institutionalized because of the. The building and loan building had failed. Sadly for Bailey Park, it was no longer a park but a cemetery where his brother George, uh, his his brother Harry, was lying in rust. So if it wasn't for George, Harry would have been unalive in the ice pool or the ice and never ever save anyone on the transports the basically he wasn't really able to join the war if he wasn't saved sadly George had no choice but to find Mary who ended up being a spinster which is kind of like a an old maid if you will and claims that 
he was he was her husband and she is frantic she is crying she's like wondering like who is this guy i don't even know him which gives George uh, the run of his life. He like literally believes that this is all of a painful joke and not realizing that this is what he's wished. That everything that had happened, happened. Like he didn't save his brother, so his brother passed away. And without his brother uh, being there, all the troops and all the men that he helped in the war is, are already gone. And seeing his wife without no children literally it's like seeing him as a stranger without knowing anything else hell seeing the whole town that he once raised and helped put together was literally something that he was never familiar with so something that was like very distinctly different like hugely unprofoundly different where he can just find some sense some way that it was like literally something crazy to like imagine but even so he wished that he was not alive so the impossible literally happened and he sees it in first hand that the impossible could happen later but even so this is this found weird revelation if you will that if he wasn't alive none of these things had happened they could happen they had happened literally have him looking at something that he's like not wanting to even his daughter Zuzu he gave she gave him his petals out of her flower uh, because he needed to fix it for Zuzu but even so he couldn't try to fix a flower and all that but even so that was a symbol of his children being right there and no petals when he was not alive his children will never be because he never got with Mary and Mary became like this old maid that is like literally like no children, no loved ones, nothing. She just literally this one person who's alone. So George, he runs back to the same spot on the bridge, same area, and begs Clarence to give his life back. He really wants his life to be the way it was he didn't care what kind of consequences was attached to it he didn't care that he was able to not able to save his building his business he just wants to be with his wife and his kids and there right there the moment that the snow falls George Bailey was reborn once more on that bridge Whereas he literally, graciously run the entire building, the entire town, being happy that this was literally, <laughs> like, really, Bailey, uh, Bailey Park. This is like literally everywhere which way in, in, in town. He literally back home in Bradford Falls. So, he rushes home to await the arrest. However, it, meanwhile, uh, Mary and Billy have rallied everyone in town. The ones that he saved on loans and projections and all that. And they literally donated more to cover enough for the missing money. 
that means that the head able to raise enough money in such a short time to replace the everything that they've done, which literally proclaimed by his brother, who happens to come back from the war, to proclaim to his brother the richest man on town. Despite on the donation, despite on everything, he noticed that there was a copy, an old, uh, someone of brand new books, so somewhat so to speak. Of a copy of the Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and it was gifted, noted by Clarence, that the serum that no man is his failure, who has friends and thanking him for his wings. And that's where we get that wonderful classic line at the very end of the movie: that every single time you hear a bell rings, an angel earns his wings. And that's where George Bailey realizes how much of a wonderful life he has have, and he's currently doing. So, this wonderful classic, this wonderful film that we see year in, year in, year out, has literally been like a top-notch film. Watch, no matter what. So even if I say that this film is should be on your list, it's already there because this literally makes you think: What would your life would be if you weren't there? And ironically, it is it is kind of true. The subject matter of how one believes is to. Do that. I assure you, that's not the answer. It is most certainly not the answer for anyone to think that you know, unaliving yourself is like the answer. No, it's not. It's 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 someone admitting defeat on a structure, if you will. That you built. This is something that you've done, and this is something that you didn't wish upon yourself, but you know that you were prepared to do it yourself. So definitely, this is not that kind of answer. It just it tells you that if you see another person's eyes, you see in another person's vision, that if this is how you wish life would be. This would be that wish. That would be literally the the、uh, structure of where you're seeing what would life be if you were not in it. And it hurts. I'll admit, it hurts to see anyone to be struggling to go crazy to do whatever. It is crazy enough to even think that anyone who wishes upon that on themselves—it—it's it, definitely unheard of. But it seems to be a common thread, a common goal, if you will, that this actually does happen. And quite frankly, I don't like it. I'm right there with some of you guys. I actually do not prefer. That whatsoever onto many things、uh, on family members, friends, 
family, people you know, people you love. And yes, surprisingly, and this is actually my own words, and I know that it's kind of weird coming out of me, but I actually don't wish this on my enemies. I don't. I literally wish them quite well. I know it's kind of insane, but, you know, I would rather wish them fun farewell. But even though they could probably have the door hit their derriere, but at the same time, I mean, I can't find myself, you know, wishing anyone ill and awful things because well luckily I was not raised that I was never raised to be bitter I also was never been raised to you know go an extra mile and just like you know not help anyone else I mean it's literally bad to even think about that but it's also horrible to not to wish anyone uh, a wonderful time on themselves so yeah it is what it is I do wish you guys a wonderful time wonderful Christmas that's up approach and of course there's a few other episodes that I still have to consider but do keep in mind I have considered a ton of these episodes to put all of it together so until the next time you hear from me, I hope you guys are doing quite well. I hope you're doing amazing on whatever you're doing. Also, hopefully you guys are doing quite well uh, in life as well as many things. Uh, times are tough. Times are heavy. But even so, we, as you know, people who are understanding of other people, we cannot find ourselves to like lower down so to speak but at the same time you can't stop you can't so until the next episode you guys are having a wonderful time hope you're doing quite well and as always until the next episode see ya Listen, uh, there's many things changing to these uh, episodes, so yeah, I'm currently able to be listened to, and get this, I've been able to be listened to Amazon Music now, as well as Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google's Play, uh, Google Podcasts with uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, a little bit of Spotify, and uh, I actually recently started doing uh you know, Twitch channels. Uh, so yeah, if you could find me through uh, Lone Tech X, you'd be able to see some of my gameplay right there as well. But at the same time, listen to some of my podcasts uh, outside while I'm still delivering some news. Yes, I'm still trying to do other things other than just this, but just for the time being, you can listen to not only this episode, well, all the other past episodes I've done before I've done Twitch. So, uh, once again, you can guys find me at, and this is actually the uh, head, uh, the head page for this, 
which is anchor.fm slash edcast20. That is anchor.fm forward slash E-D-C-A-T- CST, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, it's literally uh, EdCast20, which is uh, E-D-C-A-S-T-2-0, which you guys can hear, hear me from there, you can look at there, and you can leave me a message, as well as find the uh, website that's connected at all. So, yeah, here you go. Take care. <laughs>